Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Rugby Review here on Sunday at 8 p.m. every single week from New Zealand Sports Radio. Uh, and yes, we have got that almighty clash between Argentina and Australia, the home game for Argentina in Australia, um, obviously, um, as, uh, as, as in this strange new kind of times. That's that's kind of what happens, you know. Uh, we also know now who are the finalists for the Mighty 10 Cup and what time kickoff is as well, because that was all up in the air. Uh, also, uh, there was the second game between the Black Ferns and the Probables, so not problems, Black Ferns and the New Zealand Barbarians. So I might have a quick chat about that. Uh, we've also had games between Wales and Georgia and England and Ireland in uh, the Autumn Nations Cup. So we'll definitely have a chat about those. Um, I, uh, Scotland versus France is at uh, 4 a.m. this coming uh, tonight. Um, so I'll see if I can get up for that one or not. Um, there's been some other action as well around the globe, um, and we may or may not um, pop into those. And, um, well, we uh, we have a bit of a surprise now um, because um, this gentleman said he wasn't available. Now he is, and he's in his car. Um, good evening, Stephen. What's uh, uh, you, 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 you're good evening, Paul. How are you doing? I don't know if you can uh, hear me through this. Yep. No, we can we can hear you. You're coming through loud and clear. Um, a bit of uh, a bit of bright sunshine behind you, but hey. Um, we don't we don't get you on for your good looks. We get you on for your good knowledge. Um, so, um, how are you? <laughs> how are you doing, sir? Yeah, very good. Just hope I'm coming through relatively clearly. Maybe no. <laughs> Look, a little on the quiet side, but yeah, you are clear. That's all good. Um, and uh, also joining us from his uh, home studio uh, is uh, is Ashwin. In these times of COVID, we can't have you actually in the office. If we had an office, that is. Um, so <laughs> We're zooming. It was without Zoom. We're without Zoom. We're using StreamYard, but um, yes. Yeah, yep. um, so, folks, if you are um, following us on, uh, if you are watching live on YouTube, um, Facebook, or Twitter, then uh, we would love to have your comments. Um, and um, also, uh, if you're listening to the podcast, then uh, don't forget um, you can listen to us. Uh, say on the podcast, just search New Zealand Sports Radio um, on Spotify, iHeartRadio. Um, Apple Podcasts, all of those wonderful um, places. 
Um, and uh, yes, Simon, I don't think we'll be talking about the uh, 30 to 18 loss um, that Portugal had this evening. I think we've got other games that we'll be uh, we'll be we'll, we'll be uh, we'll, 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 we'll cover um, on that one. Um, and uh, Aaron, yes, go Northland. I've got a funny feeling Steve will want to talk about uh, minor 10 cup action uh, at some point um, uh, once he's finished playing around with his <laughs> phone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> podcast, you won't, you won't, you won't have noticed that Stephen basically trying to get comfy in his car um, at, the, at the moment. Um, for some reason, we've, uh, he's, he, he's broadcasting from there um, today. Um, the uh, perhaps the uh, perhaps the zombies have attacked on, on, on over here. Why he was so remote, we don't know yet. And uh, Stephen's in the car, zooming, uh, racing away from them. Um, but Ashwin, um, we I mean, the big game of the weekend, obviously for for us down here in the southern hemisphere. Argentina versus Australia, um, and um, the, the Argentinians proved they can get up for two games on the trot, didn't they? They can, but, geez, what a hard watch that was last night, and um, I'm going to have to admit from the get-go that I think it was about 20 minutes in the second half, about the start, through to about the 60-minute, 65-minute mark, I, I I just zoned out. Uh, I don't even, I can't even tell you what, was, what I was doing or what was going on but um yeah pretty hard watch but yeah the argentinians got up and uh, another big defensive effort yeah i'll agree I, yeah you say hard watch um, and if we have a look at my notes they're very very slim with just basically the scores on it because yeah <laughs> to write about apart from oh australian runs forward argentinian tackles him australian runs forward argentinians tackle him um, and that was pretty much the entire 80 minutes um of it really yes I, I think as David Rennie, Dave Rennie's, um, you know, using his, what his mum would have called him, David, when he was in trouble, David Rennie, um, would, he sort of summed it up in the, the press conference afterwards and the fact that, um, uh, you know, he was just, he was not happy with the fact that the Australians couldn't finish because they had plenty of opportunities to score points um, and they left a lot of points out there on the park, as they saying goes. Yeah, I mean, look, um, I mean, w- one of the things that we talked about a couple of years ago was that um, uh, you um, there's, you don't actually have to have possession and territory to win a game. Um, and we saw that with the, with the All Blacks. You used to do that a lot, which was basically them being very clinical. When they got the ball, bang, they scored within two or three phases, um, and um, and that was it. Um, so yeah, it's uh, but and, and we've got this game here where Argentina have managed to draw with only thirty-seven percent of the possession um, and thirty um, percent of the territory. When we talk about England, Ireland again, England didn't really have the um, the territory or the possession, but still, but, but came away with the win. So there does seem to be a trend now that uh, of t- of basically defence winning games over the last yep. uh, couple of weeks. Look, I mean, that game in particular, Argentina never looked like winning it until about the sort of 65th, 70-minute mark of the, or, you know, being anywhere near drawing it even um, around that mark. It's just like Australia, it was, all the game was played in Argentina's half um, and, and probably a lot of it in the 22. would love to see the stat on how many minutes in the 22. Uh, that would be quite a major, wouldn't it? Um, because Australia spent a lot of time in the 22. Uh, absolutely, yeah. They they they, they camped. They, they really did camp there. I mean, so I'll say that uh, Australia dropped the ball a dozen times. Um, yeah, well, yeah. Turnovers twelve from from Australia, but Argentina, even with only thirty seven percent of the possession, managed to turn the ball over fourteen times. 
Um, so they, they didn't look after the pill either. As you say, tough, tough watch. Um, Aaron said yeah, he, he's, he found it more entertaining watching or listening, basically, to, to Hooper and, and the ref mm -hmm. um, having a chat before half time. Oh, geez. Okay, so my tweet that I put out for that one was, ref, refs, you're allowed to tell the captains I'll get a yellow card if they don't shut up. <laughs> they can ask you why you made a decision. They, do, they, can't just, they can't go around making statements and just telling you stuff. Um, that's not what it. That's not how it goes. Yeah, I can't understand what what was going on there. Tell you the truth, why was Paul Williams engaging so heavily with um, Hooper? It was illogical. And and uh, one of my hobby horses for the weekend. Uh, and I don't know if you saw some of my tweets there. It's just like the inconsistency of the referees and what um, what they said, what they followed through 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 with decisions that they made. It's, uh, just pull your hair out, stuff. Um, I, I'm I'm going back a long time ago. We've discussed this. I'm on the camp of penalise, 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 and they will learn. Um, so I don't mind referees penalising. I don't have an issue with that. But, geez, the inconsistency drives you insane in the membrane. <laughs> well, go, <laughs> Steve. I, 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 was, I, was, I, was just, I was just thinking at 15 points to six up, I actually thought the Australians actually had control of that game. And yeah. quite frankly, quite frankly, all they had to do was kick long and force Argentina to play up from their 22. It was like almost at times. Um, and, and I finally got to see the All Black um, Puma test from last, last week. It was almost like watching a carbon copy of what the All Blacks had tried to do the week before, for crying out loud. And we know how good the Argentinians are in the, uh, in the contact area because really and truthfully, apart from the last play of the game, they really didn't look like scoring in that in that second half. But you, you know, if your opposition is going to be stupid enough to play you play the game in your own half, that's that's what you're going to get. And it, unfortunately, it, it was a niggly game as well. Listen, the Australians weren't at fault for getting in the niggle. Obviously, they they basically should have just walked walked away with it. But they there were a couple of times. I think there was a reverse penalty, one part there where he had actually penalised the Argentinians and one of the Australian players got involved. There wasn't a hell of a lot in it, but I agree with you with regards to Paul Williams. I think he got far too engaged with the players where he should have just made decisions. No, walk away. I'm making this decision. Play on. It's actually the other way around, Steve. Um, so Tupo smacked one of the Argentinians on the butt, so the Argentinian pushed him and his hand slipped up to the face. So the um, Paul Williams reversed it again. And that's where that one of those inconsistency things came in, because Paul Williams' explanation to um, Pablo Matera, Matera, I'm going to say his name wrong anyway, you know who I mean. One, his explanation was, oh, I was going to give you the penalty because Tupo smacked him on the butt, uh, but because your player's hand has hit him in the face, I have to, I'm have i reversing the penalty. Okay, fine. Second half, Tupo smacks an Argentinian after the whistle again, and now he doesn't get penalised. That was what the Argentinians reacted to, but now you haven't dealt with it. So you can't. So I reckon it was BS when he said to the Argentinian captain, oh, "I was going to give you the penalty until the your um, the ten gave uh, slapped them in the face." Mm. The, 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 the only reason he was going to give that penalty was because there'd been a flare up. Otherwise, he would never have noticed it. It would have yep. would have gone away, gone gone. Um, um, yeah, would would have gone totally unpunished and ignored. Basically, um, <laughs> the um, so true. 
Um, so the reason I ask you, so for those of you on the podcast, um, Boa has put in the live chat, so Ref Paul W is in the wrong profession, should take up being a talkback radio host. Um, yeah, I, look, he, yeah, he needed to tell the players, go away, especially <laughs> Shut up, go away. I've made my decision. Paul Williams can re re reignite the line. Yours, caller. Yeah, good on good on your bow. Does that mean it'll make us good referees? <laughs> <laughs> of course. You gotta say of course, yes. <laughs> we're the we're the best referees in the world, like we're the best coaches in the world. <laughs> as, long, yeah, as, long, as long as we're twenty yards off the pitch in, in the stand. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Um I mean, yeah, just some 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 stats um uh for for this one. Uh, yeah, thirty-seven kicks from hand by Argentina. I, um, up to 22 lineouts for um, for Australia, four of which they screwed up. Um, yeah, I just it's, this was um, I say as you say it was a hard watch, but some you've got to say uh, after some long big shifts last weekend against the All Blacks, you've got to say some big shifts again from players like Kramer with 12 tackles, um, even if he did miss four. Um, Alemano, the lock, also with 11 tackles in there. Uh, um, Orlando and um, Chocoberes in the centres, also 11 tackles each. Chocoberes, um, he's he's a uh, he's got to be one of our favourite new guys now with that name. name. Um, oh, also awesome being, name. being 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 a great uh, being, being having a wonderful start to his first two Test matches uh, for the uh, for the Pumas. So I say big shifts by those guys. Um, was um uh was was i gotta say with with yes um, after last week um is um is impressive yeah nocturnal rights kramer, um, kramer is world class yeah absolutely and that's that's really where they won this one kramer um matera and um and brunei uh, all totally um outplayed um uh, hannigan hooper and wilson um for for the australians uh at that breakdown and that's where uh, where it was won and lost i think I have to agree with um, Nocturnal regarding uh, Pataya. Pataya looks great. And, you know, the more time he spends in that jersey, he's just going to get better, isn't he? But I think he, um, a couple of crucial um, sort of like tactical errors by him where he decides to kick instead of carrying on with the passing movement. Um, and the kick's not accurate enough and it goes into touch or sort of thing. So, um, you know, I, I sort of thought, yeah, there was a couple of little things. But he's he's young. He'll learn from those and he looks very good. Yeah, game management was a big thing this weekend um, uh, across a number of games. There was another game I was watching, I can't remember which one it was now, um, where I think it was one of the Midsen Cup quarterfinals, uh, semifinals, where one of the players kicks the ball through. And it's like, mate, you've got to realise two guys outside you have got a number one and a number three on their back. They ain't chasing that. They aren't get, if you're going to grub her through, make sure there's a back outside you, not front rowers. Because that's, you, yeah, and that, that kind of stuff, um, and that game awareness is, is 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 a big is a big thing that players need to be aware. Of. And I think that was the um, in the Auckland um, Waikato game from memory. But uh, again, as usual, I've seen far too much rugby, and I'm getting all the games mixed up as to which one was which. Um, in, uh, in 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 that one, um, the. Um, uh, Bo with his uh, with, with with his stats hat on, saying that the game yeah it was um, it was when Argentina reverted back to the rush defence um, that um, 
that's where it all came from. And dominant tackles. Again, if you're going to be defending, dominant tackles are key. Um, and we'll talk about that again in the England versus Ireland game when we get around to that one. Uh, I'm not sure if Ashwin or Stephen have seen that. Probably not. Um, but hey, I'm English, so I'm going to talk about it. Um, especially as, as we won. Um, so yeah, that dominant tackle piece is 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 a big is a big thing. Um, game management. I, I think Hodge again uh, had a decent um, decent another decent game at um, at ten. Um, and with this long range kicking, he's got to be they've got to find a place for him in that side. I'm not sure long term if um, if ten is is where he should be. It does put a lot of playmaking decision making on Nick White, and I think he came up short um, with that yeah. with. Um, Hodge you have to say, Hodge, Hodge is a pretty good stopgap measure, but he is a stopgap mm -hmm. measure. Um, the other thing you have to say about Hodge is that, like, um, uh, against the against the All Blacks, uh, he had the opportunity to win the game in, in New Zealand, and um, and again last night, he had the opportunity to win the game, and, and he nailed the kicks right up until the one that really mattered. Yeah, and in that post-match interview, so I feel like I've let, let the country down. Um, and you have, son. To be honest, I mean Sanchez missed one kick at goal as well. They both hit five from six. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's not like uh, he was. Yeah, he he was. Yeah. Um, he was decent on the night, and I think yeah, I think he's being a bit harsh on himself. And let's hope he's not overly harsh on himself. We've seen some of the mental health of some of some players who who kind of spiral down that. Uh, kind of self uh, beating, beating, beating themselves up, and let's hope he doesn't do that too much um, with that one. Um, yeah, I have to say, I agree with Nocturnal. There, it, it does feel like the wallet. You know, you just got to. It's the vibe. It's Marbo. It's it's all that. Um, it feels like they're going in the right direction. Um, you know, they, they didn't finish off yesterday, but there's lots of signs in their game that um, seems to sh say that they're um, heading in the right direction. And it's, look, it's a young team. Yeah. Yeah. It, and hey, guys, we, sh we shouldn't forget they weren't that far off putting together a really, really good try where the, the, the last pass was pushed forward uh, to Corabetti. And listen, yeah. that, was a, that was an almost well-executed move. <clears throat> just the, the ball got to the fullback just a tad too late before he got the pass on and pushed it forward. And, you know, that, that I think that if they'd scored there... I think that would have finished the Argentinians. I reckon the Argentinians are the sort of team, if you put a bit of scoreboard pressure on them, well, their only way of scoring is is, is three points. So you force them into playing a, maybe a game plan that they don't want to go to, unless you give them a field position in the 22 and they'll go for a, a line-out drive. But I actually thought the Australians actually defended their line-out drives re reasonably well. Yep. Yeah, that's a... It's difficult to talk much about the Australian defence as, as Argentina had the ball so little. Um, <laughs> um, uh, I guess the only problem they had was yeah they gave up kickable penalties, right? Um, they gave up six kickable six kickable penalties and Sanchez made five of them, um, and uh, that's the um, that's got to be the uh, um, be the what be, be the problem. Um, as Boa says, that last pass was five metres forward without the hand of the ref called on-field try. Um, there seems to be this... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're pretty... No, no, no. We're, um, we feel like the last pass was forward, but we're going to call it on-field try. If you feel like the last pass was forward, you should say it's not an on-field try, but we'll check it and you tell us that it's not a forward pass. Yeah. Or, oh, or... my God. What is their thought process when they make a call like that? 
Yeah, or how about, shall we look at that last pass before we look at a possible try? Uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> well, because they actually felt it was forward and they're saying oh no i'll tell you what this is an entertainment game so we want to award try so we're going to say it's an on-field try <laughs> i think i think this is this well one of the things he says we saw a grounding and therefore um on-field try is the decision right um, so it appears to be if there's a grounding no matter what happens beforehand it's considered an on-field try um and tell us why not Whereas if yeah. we can't see a grounding, then it's not an on-field try, and you have to tell us you can see a grounding. That, that that appears to be all the referees are making a decision on, and as you say, and then pass the buck to the um, to the TMO um, for the. This is like, oh, hang on, because you know, because we know from camera angles it can be uh, inconclusive in terms of a forward pass, even though you know we, we're watching on TV and say, hey, look. Dollars to donuts, even though when we look at what's the process of what's happened on field, that's probably a forward pass. But the camera angle doesn't really show it. But yep. the f officials on the field, they're in line with the play generally. So they're in a better place than the cameras are to make that call. And as you say, they're deferring that one back up to the cameras and saying, oh, yeah, we saw the grounding, so we'll call it on field. Yeah, it's not a good, not a good one there. Um, but um, we, we try to avoid... Uh, talking, uh, moaning about refs too much. Um, Kramer, by the way, uh, also gave away four penalties in that game. Um, this is a, a, a side note. Um, but yeah, Nocturnal Rights makes a good point. Uh, too many, I mean, Rico Iwani was, 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 was guilty of it um, last weekend for the All Blacks. Too many winger, uh, wingers and outside backs are overrunning the ball. Now, I understand that when the ball is a long way away from them, they, they, they'll be in front because they're looking to be in a position for a forward kick. Um, sorry, a cross-field kick. Um, but um, by the time the ball gets near them, they need to slow down and get into a back backwards position for that. Um, I have no, no idea what Stephen's up to in his car. Oh, dear. He's, he's, he's searching on his car. Scrabble, scrabble, scrabble. Ah, Steve, um, you're looking fresher. <laughs> <laughs> In the comments, let us know what, what make of mint um, Steve has uh, had from that comment from Mark. Don't be ridiculous. In the packet now, don't Steve. Be don't be ridiculous. Don't be ridiculous. Let's <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, move on now and talk about England, Australia. Oh, sorry, England, England, Ireland. Unless you've got anything else about um, Argentina, Australia. I guess, actually, I guess what the point is, all the teams now in every championship are on six points, um, which is well, kind of cool. Um, really have handed the opportunity for the All Blacks, who really should have been shut out, um, the opportunity to win the tournament. Like next week, they play Argentina. Argentina, two tough games where they're basically just defensively stood up, um, have to face the All Blacks next week, who have got to be hurting after two poor performances. <laughs> and you've got to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm too nervous to actually say, oh, they're going to they're gonna show up because who knows. But, um, you know, it's like, a bonus point victory for the All Blacks is really on the card for next week's now because, you know, we, we talk about World Cups and playing three tough games in a row is really hard. This is no different, really, isn't it? They're going to be playing three tough games. It's, 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 tough, it's tough playing two, two, two tough yeah, games yeah. in a row. Um, so, so the All Blacks are set up quite nicely to, to seal it next week. If you, if you think about it, the Australians have blown a chance as oh, well. Massive, massive. Massive chance. You know, they, they actually had a, a really good opportunity to set this up as a, you know, have a final 
in the very last game? Yeah, How look, good we, would we, have that been? And look, and let's face this, because we know, doesn't matter what the sport is, when it's the last game on tour, teams switch off or they're not quite focused, right? Because their thoughts are already bags packed, one foot on the plane type scenario. This happens to international teams. So, yeah, they really have blown a top chance big time to win the rugby championship. I think it's really is back in the AB's court. Um, they're the favourites to wrap it up next week. So, yeah. I'm looking forward to that one. Boa, I think we know what's coming next week. All Blacks on the bounce, he says. Oh, boy. They were on the bounce against Argentina last weekend. I'm hesitant to sort of say the same thing that Boa said because it's like and, – and, you know, just – I mean, I know there's some it's, – it's out of South Africa, and so they're always bitter and twisted, eh, John? Um, oh. But it's like, you know, sort of saying that All Blacks aren't the um, disciplined outfit – behind the scenes that they were under, say, a McCaw-type scenario, right? And there are signs of that. So you can't dismiss it entirely. And and so that's why, you know, I'm, I'm a bit hesitant to sort of say that it's a, a lay-down Nazir for the All Blacks to get the five the bonus point win next week. Also, this I mean, we talk about the Australian side being uh, young. This is an inexperienced All Black side. Sure, we know a bunch of these players because we see them um, at the Mitre 10 Cup in Super Rugby. But as far as international experience goes there's a whole bunch of players there who especially in the backs who have got very little um but, but uh, even the experienced players are rattled the experienced players are rattled when sam kane is the captain comes out and says oh there's all the all black you know there's all the there's all black supporters that don't know what they're talking about talking out of their behinds and comment a comment like that that's just you just you know would richie have ever done that no no you know I, yeah, pr- pr- pressure is definitely telling absolutely yeah the um, the... <laughs> yeah, all right, mind you, Steve, you're going to take Boa's advice, aren't you? This time, <laughs> so, <laughs> so we'll, get we'll get plus. to that later. But actually, no, that, that's that's it's it's a great it's a great transition. Then, so yeah, okay, then. Otago Northland, Stephen. Um, I, I I actually thought just before we we go there, Paul, I reckon we should just touch on that England. Um, Ireland game because I think Eddie Jones put a challenge out there to be the best defensive side in world rugby and it's fair to say they they could well be they um they've only given away what one try in a couple of games thus far um they yeah, were give so, one away serve so, so Argentina um <laughs> <laughs> true but I, I, this game, this game was 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 a carbon copy of the um, or, or very similar um, to to the yeah, the the, the Argentine games the last two weeks. Um, basically, England through Johnny May got a couple of um, um, a couple of good tries uh, early on. Oh, oh, Paul, 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 Paul! One of them wasn't good. One of them was bloody superb. He's uh, got the got Johnny the ball. Uh, yeah, Johnny May got the ball from a, a turnover inside his twenty-two. Pretty much uh, got outside um, the defence, put, put a kicker, yeah. yeah, put a kicker, put a kicker head, and got the touchdown. Admittedly, was racing Jamison Gib- Gibson or Park, um, you know, to the uh, to the try line, but he, you know, he got there. It was a, a very very good try, and and to be honest, Ireland really never got into the well. The best opportunity came right at the end when jo- Jacob uh, Stockdale scored. So now, really really good win from England. I think the impressive thing about it, all the back row. Plus, Atoji all made uh, twenty tackles plus. 
No, 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 no. The, the, the entire starting eight made 20 tackles plus eight. Wow. That's, that's crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's yeah. who you were talking about before where the, uh, um, it was actually, um, you know, England playing without the ball. Was, is that the case? Was it? Absolutely. I mean, so um, we, we thought that, yeah. So, so England had 34% of the possession in the first half and 30% in the second half. Um, so it's basically the same as pretty much the same as Argentina. Um, 28% of the territory during the game. So yeah, just spent the entire game. Uh, and uh, and um, Ireland just did not have enough variety to break that down. Um, dominant tackles, you, I mean, they were just going backwards the the entire time when they had the ball. Uh, so which was um, a, a lot. Um, seven, uh, Even with seven clean breaks, only managed one try, uh, which is a chip over. And that was already after the game was well and truly lost. It was a consolation try. Um, so, um, yeah, it was um, a, a cracking game. Um, you've got to figure out how to um, nullify the – basically what, what is a – you've got a loose forward um, – well, the, the loose forward trio with uh, Underhill and Curry uh, with um, uh, Billy Vinopola, and then you've got Itoji uh, who uh, who can play six but is, is, is in the locks as well. So you've got a lot of mobility um, in that side, um, a lot of energy, and, yeah, they just – run up and make tackles all day long. And as, as Stephen pointed out there, um, yeah, 20-plus tackles much, for a whole bunch of them. How much of this is sort of like, I mean, obviously England are playing some re really good rugby at the moment, but, mm -hmm. you know, when you look at Wales' game and we look at the Ireland game, how much of it is actually also Wales and Ireland are actually not the force that they, they have been? Oh, look, I mean, Wales and Ireland were both ranked number one last year in the world at one point, Okay. In the, in the route to the Rugby World Cup. They clearly are not there now. Wales have slipped back a long way. Ireland, not as far, um, but, Ireland's, but Ireland have slipped back as well. Um, and again, you've got to say, moving on from Warren Gatland and Joe Smith, I mean, two extremely good coaches, to two guys who are new to uh, head coaching at international level in um, Wayne Pivak um, and um, Andy Farrell. Uh, and yeah, those guys are learning their trade at the moment. Um, with a transition, See, that's, that's wrong, players. isn't it? But that's wrong, isn't it? You're not supposed to learn your trade at an international level. You sorry, should know your trade at the international level. You, you're sorry, you're bringing you, you don't bring a CEO into a company that's like, oh, yeah, we'll train on the job. <laughs> Whatever, it's okay. So, I mean, Wayne Pivak, um, very successful head coach or um, with Scarlets, but there's a difference between being a club coach where you have the players for basically 11 months of the year, which you do in you uh, up, 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 in, up in Europe, to being an international coach. Where you get them um, basically two two weeks or a week before um, before so yep. your, your game plans have got to change your method um, the amount of time with so the players is different. So that would suggest that there's a lack of planning on their behalf. You know that's what it comes down to a lot of planning and obviously utilization of your time better. So mm -hmm. yeah, you've got to have all that planning in place so that you know exactly bang 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 this sort of thing. I think you went. I mean one one of the things that you 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 bring up quite often is. Is it when the Lions were here and you went to a training at Waitakere Trust Stadium and and the All Blacks training and and the way that they've it's it's planned every sort of almost every minute every second of the training session is planned so they know exactly what the outcomes are what it is and what the outcomes need to be out of it and you know yeah. so yeah but also we we know Warren Gatland plays a pretty simple style right uh, Wayne Pivak plays a complicated style um, and that's uh, yeah, maybe he he needs to to learn that you can do a complicated style in um, something like 
um, a club game where you do have them a lot to, to run it through it, where you don't have them a lot, you've got to change your game plans up. Um, the um, yeah, I mean, uh, Aaron, yeah, yeah, um, saying yeah. that those guys are a bit like Ian Foster, not the same class as as as, as, um, as Hansen. Um, yeah, there's uh, there's a lot of coaches who have yet to prove that they are that class. Maybe they will grow into that. Maybe not. Um, we'll have to wait and see. Aaron's referring to Judy, obviously. Judy Gardens. Oh, well, yes, Gardens, <laughs> Gardens, Gardens, yes. Um, uh, well, famous, very famous uh, um, uh, international rugby coach, Judy Garland. Judy Garland. Um, the, um, so, yes, um, Aaron's yeah, uh, also made the point about, look, uh, three New Zealanders, two South Africans in the Irish thing. Look, um, uh, Eddie Jones made a point about this as well, just to put sort of to, to, to <laughs> in. Look, we all know what the, the uh, eligibility rules are. Um, they are what they are. And if players are eligible, they're eligible. Mm. Simple as that. Um, and um, yeah. Oh, sorry, can... so hang on. Eddie Jones, what did, what did Eddie Jones say exactly? I'm not sure what he said exactly, but he made it. He made oh, it he made look, look. about the fact that they had um, basically foreigners in the island team. What? He, he, the, 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 did he not coach, coach Dylan Hartley? Did he not coach the Fijian sergeant? Did he not, you know, uh, should we rattle off a few more? Uh, what was it? Um, who was the uh, Australian league player? Um, uh, uh, hello? <laughs> Pot Kittle Black? <laughs> yeah, Shont- that was, uh, yeah, that was Shontaine Hopp. Shontaine Happy, the Vuni Polo brothers. Shontaine Happy was all- way before Eddie Jones. Um, I, you mean... Um, uh, no, no, Tia. Ben, ben Tia? Ben Tia. Ben Tia? Yeah. Ben, Tia, ben Tia as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> like so yeah, um, but but Eddie, Eddie Jones is happy with a bit, bit, bit of hypocrisy. Let's be honest. Um, as long as, as long, we can see Steve, yeah. <laughs> lights, camera, it's, action. There you go. Eddie, Eddie Jones is look. Eddie, Eddie Jones, the way he deals with the media is look. He gives them something easy to write about, so yeah. that he controls what they're talking about, and that way they're talking about what he wants them to talk about, and they're not causing issues within his squad by talking about stuff that he doesn't want to talk about. It's as simple as that. Um, yeah, absolutely. No, no, we've um, talked about that and, before. And he's, he is extremely good at it. Love, love him or hate yep, him as to how he does it. He's extremely oh, good. No, no, no. He's great. He's great for the game. He's I reckon he is. Great. Yeah, yeah. He's the, he's the, is it the Mourinho of, uh, of, uh, <laughs> Mourinho. Mourinho, yeah, yeah. He's Mourinho, what Mourinho is to football. Uh, without the Italian Eddie, accent. Yeah, Eddie Jones, <laughs> without the accent. Uh, to, to rugby, be, beg your pardon. Hey, um, I don't know if there's much worth talking about in that Wales-Georgia game, apart, apart from uh, uh, Justin Tipperick getting a, a, a cheap shot across the head. The, um, see, I thought they were, I thought that was unlucky. I think he. I thought he was dropping, um, and the player, uh, the, the the guy. I thought that Justin Tipperick got got tackled as the guy's running um, mm. around, um, and I thought it was a rugby instant. I thought getting the yellow card that was tough, personally. Oh. Um, yes, there was contact with the head, um, but um, he's come round. Uh, you're supposed to wrap your arms, so the the your arms coming in now. So you're supposed to leave with the arms. So I mean, you're not, not supposed to leave with the shoulder in a tackle, but you're not supposed to leave with the forearm in a tackle. I, what are you allowed to leave in, in, in with the tackle nowadays? Um, your head, because then you can go for a holiday with an HIA. <laughs> so, um, so to me, uh, to me, I thought that was a bit harsh, to be honest. But there you go. Um, you disagree, Steve? Uh, that's. 
it, 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 it just it looked it probably looked like a little bit more at the time, but you know now that you've you've put it in that light, you're, you're probably correct. Probably not much to say about the uh, Fiji Italy game. That would have been a really good game if it was played. Well, I just want to come back to just go back back to this Georgia one. Um, so Georgia's um, record recently, they've lost forty eight seven to Scotland, forty nil to England, and eighteen nil to Wales. Gives you a good idea as to where Wales are standing at the moment. They are in a mess, um, and. Um, Boy, oh boy, uh, if Pivak's still got a job come the Six Nations. Um, the only reason Paul, he's going to keep his job is that Wales can't afford to sack him. Paul, I will say it wasn't it wasn't the strongest Welsh side, though, was it? He, he, he rested a few. I see the he had a couple uh, couple of their more experienced guys on the uh, on the bench. Absolutely, yeah. But um, but Wales also, I mean, their, their, their recent record has been, um, well, was it that's their first win in after some like what was it seven games or something silly that they've lost oh. or six games so I mean they are on a awful um, streak um, at the moment uh, or they were sorry until they won that game um, but um, so yes yeah, so I think it's uh, um, after what, what the, trying, to, trying to come up with Wales is yeah losing thirty two nine to Ireland and Ireland have just been comprehensively beaten by England boy oh boy yeah England England um, England Wales coming up. Um, I'll, I think I'll enjoy that one next week. <laughs> um, yeah, look, the Italy really have been saved by COVID um, in this one. So they were going to have a game against Fiji. If they lost that, they ended up having to play Georgia um, in the in the finals round. Uh, which, and obviously, if they lost that, then obviously we, we get the whole chorus again of Italy shouldn't be in the Six Nations. Blah blah blah. By the fact that they've not had to play Fiji and Fiji get three 28-0 losses um, means that Fiji will finish last. Georgia clearly are going to finish last of their group. That means if Fiji can get a fit squad together for the finals, it'll be against Georgia. Um, and because of Fiji having COVID, Italy have avoided having to play Fiji and avoided having to play Georgia. Um, and therefore, the two games that um, are that they that they'll see that if they lose, they get... Um, a lot of negative press about they've managed to avoid so there we go basically um i was okay. going to do a whole, um i was going to do a whole for your ears only video about that but they but i've, uh, I've summed it up in about two minutes um <laughs> can't do an hour on that no i could have done 10 minutes though um <laughs> stretch it out explain all explain all the background and stuff um, yeah, good point by Simon here. That actually, the best Irish coach at the moment is um, is Ronan Agora. Uh, yeah, arguably, but he's doing the sensible thing in the fact that he is uh, getting his uh, experience as a head coach at club level um, before uh, in four to eight years' time. He's not. He's not. He's not a young. He's not an old guy. Uh, he's got plenty of time on his side before becoming an island coach. And Ronan Agora. Where is he now? Um, so I want to say La Rochelle. Um, but I could be wrong. Okay. Um, Does he's done with the Crusaders now, right? He was at the Crusaders. He's done there. Yeah, yeah he's done there. He wasn't there this season. Right. Um. So um, yeah, he's uh, currently. Uh, where is he now? Good point. Um. But um. Let's try have a quick uh, quick look. Um. Yeah, Lara Shell is the head coach. Um, which means that I think he's got um, 
Oh, the XY Cato coach, the assistant coach, probably there. Or he, or he replaced him. Um, oh, who was the Waikato coach two years ago? Brother, brother was the Wellington coach at the same time. Gibbs. Boyd. Gibbs. Gibbs. So I think Gibbs. John O'Gibbs. Gibbs. John Gibbs. That's it. John O'Gibbs. Yeah, that's the one. Um, so I think John. Yeah. So um, so yeah. So yeah. He's he's head of La Rochelle um, at the moment. Uh, so which is, uh, um, I say yeah. Do do four to eight years there and then become. Or, or, the, or, in, or in other clubs, um, and then become the uh, the island coach. I think it's probably his um, trajectory as long as he keeps doing well. Okay, then, Stephen. Friday night is party night. Well, it's Sunday night. I think first and foremost, we should uh, acknowledge uh, Bo Arthur for his uh, his bold prediction. I've got to say, uh, six or seven days ago on the uh, on the driving wall, he, he picked it. Um, un- unbelievable. Uh, of course, um, Northland were paying three seventy five. Otago were at uh, at one twenty. But I've got to say, out of all the finals games of the weekend, I actually thought, in terms of quality, it was probably the best game of the of the four four games that we uh, what semi finals that we actually saw the weekend. Paul, it was a, it was a good competitive competitive game. And um, listen, at the end of the day, I actually thought Northland probably made a little hard work at the end of the day what should have been a, a comfortable win. But, boy, really, really good second second half. And, of course, if you're a, you're a team travelling away, the best way to start is, is is with an early try, and that's exactly what they did, Paul. I was going to agree yeah. with you, Steve. I'm just going to say that, yeah, I, I actually thought that um, Northland made hard work of it. They were actually quite dominant right throughout that game. There was a purple patch there in the middle for Otago, but... Only because Otago, uh, sorry, Northland let them in. Uh, other than that, I, I think Northland were sort of would have been, could have made it a lot more comfortable and less heart heart uh, uh, heart pulling uh, for their fans. Yeah, listen, we 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 know somebody like Josh Goodhue has been in the Blues for a, for a couple of seasons, and we've been kind of waiting for him to sort of ex- step up. you know, exp- explode and, and step up. Mm. But boy, I I thought that was his best ever game in a, in a Cambridge blue jersey and his um and his mate who was riding shotgun beside him Sam Kidd who's heading off who's heading off to the Waratahs very very effective I thought Johnny Cooper for a 20 year old that at, at first five just ran the cutter reasonably well left the field with an ankle injury but from what I understand should be okay for the final um yeah, Otago looked a little little bit flat but I don't think they were really ever given the opportunity opportunity to get in the game and, and yeah, I mean, early on, Northern just couldn't hold on to the ball. Um, quite often had the ball in one hand, it was getting stripped from them too often in the tackle, which meant they, they couldn't get the points on the board. Then they picked up the yellow card for the deliberate knock-on, um, which um, allowed Otago to come back just before half-time to take a lead at half-time. Um, and, um, yeah, it's and, uh, Northern came out well, got a couple of scores, but then allowed North uh, Otago back in. Um and it must admit, they were, they, there were times when Northland were perhaps defending a bit narrow and trying to cut off the pass, but um, Otago got it wide uh, and got them around there. But um, a couple of players, I think, that um, that uh, the experienced players really stood up. Sam Nock, uh, his dummy kick, his dummy box kick in his own, in just about five yards out from his own line, passing it to Jordan Highland, who then runs up the pitch, I mean that was a wonderful piece of play. Um, first off, for, for um, Jamie, 
First off, and not to be <laughs> to be to be have the awareness not to kick because he's going to get charged down, and then secondly, for Highland to be again awake to the fact that hey, if the ball comes my way, I've got to catch this and run. Um, oh. And um, the you've you've it's a piece of play you'll, you'll I've not seen before, um, but hey, those guys pulled it off. It was jammy, yes, to a certain degree. Yeah. Yeah. Two, and, two and, blues and players. Oh, sorry. I was going to say two blues players have to work on their kicking charge down issues, which is Sam Knock and uh, Harry Plummer. Yeah, I, I, I'll tell you what. In the case of Knock, I, I actually I thought it was a, a quite a poor play because if you look at it, uh, McNamara picked it from the scrum and threw it laterally. Yeah, to, and then, yeah. Seri- seriously, if you're throwing it, you know. To be honest, Knock would have been better off going behind the number eight and clearing it himself from that from a stationary position. That's you know, you, you you just give the defensive line too much time, time to, 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 to to charge that. So that, you know, that's something yep. for for me. That's up to coaches to address. Um, just want to give a little sort of shout out to to, to Jordan Olson. He's a, he's a good bugger. He's always up for for an interview, but he's playing really really well, and he's just unlucky that there's a, a lot of good hookers around the country running around the country at the moment, and we'll probably talk about that. On Tuesday night, on the driving wall, about a you know a, a fifteen that they've pretty much come up with, who who have been unlucky to get contracts, and he, he probably fits that that group. Does uh, does how old uh, is he? George... Oh, he's he's getting on a bit. I just wonder if he's in the same boat as uh, Tony Lamborn, where he um, he's played international rugby for Canada. So I'd say that's probably got a uh. got a bit to do with to do with it as well. But now listen, I know the Northland boys they they've. They got a lot of confidence out of that victory against Waikato the week before. They're closest to their full-strength squad, I suppose, the only thing going in, in, into the final this weekend. And, boy, that'll be a tough ask, and we'll get to that game shortly. Is um, is Sam not, not going to be fit mm. for that game? They're being very, very coy about it at the moment. Uh, um, a few things I've noticed on Instagram, he, he seems in pretty good spirits, and they were... They were all showing photos at the end of the game, but hey, they they, they could be foxing. But if he doesn't front up, um, that'll be a big loss. But hey, they go in with nothing to lose, and they've got a wonderful opportunity to create a bit of history. Because from what I understand, in the championship, no team has either come from third or fourth place to actually win that uh, might attend that championship division, which could be the very last in this format as well. And also, this is the first time that Northland has ever won a semi-final. In uh, the minor ten cup, I believe. Absolutely, that as well. So um, yeah, the history makers up there uh, in the Tanifar. Uh, so Stephen, have you managed to have a chat with your wife about going and seeing your um, your great niece or great nephew uh, down in uh, in Hawkes Bay um, on uh, on Friday? No, I can't. I can't get down on Friday. Not. I've probably earned the wrath, the wrath of my um, Hawkes Bay, Bay family by hoping that. Uh, uh, Taranaki was. We're going to get across the line, so there would be a final up. And uh, now, crazily enough, it was going with uh, Seminole Stadium and Whangarei out of commission because they're redoing the light towers for next year year's uh, Women's Rugby World Cup. Um, the game was going to. The final was going to be taken back to uh, Kaikoui, Kaikoui, four o'clock, five past four uh, next Saturday afternoon. But I guess that won't be happening anymore, as we'll find out shortly when we get to that uh, Taranaki Hawks Hawks Bay game. But hey, listen. Rep for the Northland guys. If you'd asked me this about three weeks ago, that they'd be uh, in the finals, I would have thought you're on on drugs and you might have to share a mint with me. Yep. 
See, they're not mints. They're drugs that he's got in that in that little, little, little <laughs> box. Um, the uh, so let's let, let, let's let, let's round off the the championship then. Hawks Bay um, absolutely thumping Taranaki, fifty nine twenty three. Um, I'll be honest. I was driving back to to Waihe, uh, so I didn't actually watch this one. Um, I'm guessing you guys did. I did, but I have to say, lost focus in the game because it was just yeah. so one-sided. You know, it really, yeah. it wasn't yeah. a competition. So it was a, yeah. it, it was like 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 our test match we talked about is actually even though I mean we you look at a scoreline of what fifty six yeah. to twenty odd whatever it was, and you sort of think, oh, that'd be an entertaining match, and it's just like, well, as a contest, it was over before yeah. half time. Yeah, yeah, and let's um, let's not mince any bones about it. Taranaki have pretty much stumbled. Into the into the semi-finals, they've um, literally because they've got. I think they lost four real key players um, in last week's uh, last round robin game. They actually lost um, uh, both the Boshia brothers, Lachlan Boshia and um, Kyle Boshia, and also Sean Wainui, and of course Josh Lord, who's been a fantastic source of uh, uh, lineout ball as well. And they, I think they had a couple of boys making their debuts. Off the bench, and if you think back to earlier in the season against Otago, they lost Tay Walden as well. So there's five really key guys, and I think to beat a team like Hawks Bay, you've got to you've got to have everybody on deck. On, on saying that, um, this Hawks Bay team, boy, when they get the smell of blood, woo, um, <laughs> yeah, they 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 just know how to take their chances. And once again, you, you saw some outstanding performances from uh, from Fakatava, of course, Ash Dixon. Pulled after 60 minutes, you know, very smart move by the coaches. They realise they've got a final to come this weekend. He's an absolute huge part of not only this team, but also the province as well, Paul. Um, just got, uh, how shall we say, that legendary status down in the uh, down in the Hawks Bay. But, yeah, they're, they're right on top of their game at the moment and probably one of the better better packs running around in New Zealand. Unfortunately for, for Taranaki, the season all, it started pretty well, if you, if you think about it, winning that Ranfurly Shield in, uh, in round two. And I, I tell you what, if you I don't know if you've got tribe the Tribe app with you, Paul, but if you look back to the team that they uh, they fielded in, in round two, they had Geordie Barrett, Bowden Barrett, um, uh, via, via Tupo, you, you know, and then you chuck in the five players that are out. How many players is that? That's half a team, isn't it? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Ricky, 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 Ricky Telly as well. I don't think was. I think he's also gone as well. Um, yeah, uh, I didn't see him on, on on the lineup. So yeah, it's it's been a you say a, 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 a they've lost a lot of players and yeah. I think yeah. all I'd have to like to say about that game is is like Jason Potros um, sort of like uh, epitomizes the players that playing against Auckland and they they look like they've been All Blacks for a hundred games. And rip Auckland apart, and then where does that form go to? <laughs> yeah, I suppose I, he looks like I, I, a million dollars that day when he played against Auckland. And every time he got the ball, he carved them up. And then it's just like every time he tried to do anything in that game against Hawks Bay, obviously they're under pressure. But um, yeah. yeah, just yeah, yeah I, didn't work. I, sp- I suppose the, I suppose the byproduct of a lot of things. Uh, scoreboard pressure, not having yep. uh, cool heads around you. You know, you look at the Taranaki backline defensively when they've got Sean Wainui and the team, such a good defender in those in those wider channels. But you know, guys, guys like there, I actually flicked a message through uh, through to Lawrence uh, uh, Corlett, who's the CEO of uh, Taranaki Rugby Paul. So hopefully we might get a bit of a, have, might might be able to have a bit of a chat with um, 
with uh, Lawrence and just to give a bit of a wrap on the season. I know Taranaki, you feel a bit for them at the moment. They obviously um, got some financial issues in and around their, their stadium. They've been playing at the Ingle, Inglewood uh, Rugby Club ground as well. And yeah, it seemed like roses after round two, but it just shows you how much it can, can turn on a dime a season. Yeah, it's a, it's they've they've what they've what they've won four games out of six during the regular season, um, so they've they've got into the finals with a losing record. Uh, look, it was always going to be tough against Hawks Bay. Seven wins out of their three uh, only three losses, um, and when you think that uh, yeah, they have four crossover games, um, that's uh, yeah, that's um, and they, so they've been beating uh, Premiership opposition uh, both in Canterbury and in Wellington. Um, so look, they've yeah, this this Hawks Bay team is a is is a decent um, is is a decent outfit. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on then to the uh, Premiership action, and um, Auckland versus Waikato uh, came right down to to to, to the wire. Um, had a chat with the coaches afterwards, and I must I've not put those videos up, but I will try and get them up um, early tomorrow. Uh, but look, first half. Where look, just too many errors from both teams. Uh, lineouts were, were absolute lottery. Uh, we had knock-ons, um, kicks out on the full. Uh, not a great, um, not a great first half of rugby there in um, in, in in that one. Um, to uh, to so that um, with Waikato leading eleven uh, fifteen at half time, uh, Auckland came out and basically uh, yeah, kind of dominate or, or, or took control of the game. Early in that um, second half, to lead twenty-three fifteen, uh, and uh, yeah, a late penalty to men- and a late a late length of the field drive that uh, ended up with it was a knock-on um, for the uh, or or or, pe- or or penalty. I think it was. Um, and they came up short, so the fairy tale ending yeah. wasn't there for Gatto. Yeah, so, Je- uh, Je- go on, go on, Sam. What? So I was going to say, Jack. Steve, go. No, I was going to say, I was going to say, Jack Whitten with that great uh, turnover right at the very end. Uh, obviously, Waikato having uh, one last throw of the dice. But I, I'll tell you what, it, it was one of those games where two teams were finding a way to lose the game, and Auckland were the bigger cop, were the bigger culprit. That's how I, I kind of read that game. It really was a strange game. It, it seemed to have no pattern to it. I thought to myself, if there was a changing point in the game. Was the off the off the ball shoulder charge uh, by Hamilton Burr on Angus Taval? Um, uh, I mean to say, full credit to Angus. He'll he'll be uh, he'll be attending the uh, next uh, Academy Awards in uh, Los Angeles because um, he stayed he stayed down long enough. Because between you and I, he looked pretty. He looked. I watched him for the rest of the game, and to be honest, he looked pretty much okay. But it was such a dumb. It was just such a stupid play at the time. Waikato had just stretched out a little bit, and it actually gave Auckland a little bit of momentum to uh, get back into the game. And in fact, I, I don't think Waikato ever grabbed that momentum back, but Auckland never basically just kept them at arm's length. It was sort of like big brother playing little brother. Yeah, yeah, we, we know you're there, but we're just going to push you away. So all we were waiting for was to, for, for, to, for Auckland to throw a wide pass out and Arthur Stone to intercept and run all the way to yeah, the other yeah. end to win the game, wasn't it? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, ab, 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 absolutely. I'll tell you what, there's one guy, if you took out of that Auckland team and several of their performances next year, they're, they're, they're probably down on the relegation table. And, and Celesi Rayasi, listen, if there's a better player running around in Mauritian Cup at the moment, I want to see that player. Seriously, he is seriously 
on fire at the moment and he just reads the place so well and he's just so strong and, and you know like most good outside backs has just got a, a just an eye for the try line yep I, yeah, he, as you say he is class he's one of the uh, he's, he's probably only a Mike player of the season um there's this there's, there's clearly been a lot of issues with this um Auckland team behind the scenes uh there's um it was a very emotional uh, post-match um, interview. Um, I've been asked to, uh, to 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 cut it um, because, yeah, because um, if you read the Herald, you'll read that um, uh, that uh, um, uh, Iremia was um, was crying uh, during the interview, and, it, uh, and um, that's that's very true. And they just said, "Look, Paul, please don't uh, please don't put that video out." Um, so I won't be putting that out. But um, look, uh, there's there's a number of those people. That clear, clearly, the Auckland squad has gone through some some tough times, uh, and Iremia has gone through some tough times during uh, this one, um, during the season. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's not been easy for them. Now, it's not been easy for a lot of people. Let's be honest. But um, uh, but but you can tell it's having an impact uh, on 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 this squad. Uh, and um, yeah, it's we wish them the best in the final. And the uh, it's. Um, uh, and hopefully they can actually concentrate on the game uh, just for one more game uh, on the pitch, um, basically. Um, then the final game, um, Tasman versus Bay of Plenty. Um, Bay of Plenty going to be kicking themselves. <laughs> Absolutely kicking themselves. That was their game to win. They really had it. They had the opportunities to win that game. That second half, they owned it. Just couldn't get over the line. The um, the uh, and uh, yeah, and then basically yeah, a couple of late penalties uh, saw it stretch out to be just just beyond the one score lead, and uh, and that was enough to see ter- to, to, to see Tasman home. Look, Paul, Paul, a little bit guilty of maybe kicking a little bit much ball away, you know, going mm. for the aerial, going for the aerial option instead of maybe. Keeping it at hand, you know, you got, you like well, you got the likes of Caleb Trask and Weber, and um, oh god, the blue swinger who's on the other side, Fijian boy, who was on the uh, in the blue squad this year. Talia. This escapes my name. Not Talia. Um, no, 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 for Bay of Plenty. Not for Bay of Plenty. Oh, for Bay of Plenty. No, oh, sorry, you got Yeah, I mean, so you've got you've got that quality out wide. Seriously, um, I think you've you know you've got to bring those sort of guys into the game and you know one thing that uh, Tasman do reasonably well is field high kicks reasonably well with David Havili and of course Talia and of course the the man you really didn't want to kick to was Faya Nuku who was just he was on fire he was on fire he probably saved um, Tasman's uh, bacon at the at the end of the day no question we'll get to that final in the moment but they'll definitely come north motivated no question there yeah, look, I just want to say about the kicking game. It's just like, you know, we've actually seen it um, watching games, Auckland games at Eden Park, where when they got AJ Lamb, um, obviously Ryasi we've talked about, and when they finally got Zane Sullivan uh, oh. at, uh, at, at at fullback, why teams would kick aerially to those three was just crazy. And they were diffusing bombs all the time comfortably, and teams still kept kicking. 
And it's just like what you're referring to there. You know, Tasman were using that tactic. Tasman were using that tactic because Talia and Whanukunuku were getting up and winning the ball. So why the hell would you kick to them when you know they're that comfortable under the ball and winning it? It's just crazy. It, yep. Um, now, I don't know, controversial opinion here, but is is the quality of the championship final going to be better than the quality of the premiership final out of the teams that have got there? You don't know. You, until the game's played, yeah. you don't know. That's the thing, hey. I mean, you you could be right. I mean, you look at Hawks Bay and Northland and the quality of rugby that they're playing, the type of rugby that they're playing. You know, you, on the surface of it, you could say that. And and also, you, you know, you, but at the end of the day, and it's looking like, I think, we, I mean, at the moment, it's a long range for weather forecast. There's rain forecast for the uh, weekend or for the Friday anyway uh, coming along this week. So that could have an impact. So, yeah, you just you just don't know until the uh, until the 80 minutes is played. I'm just thinking about wow. the sides. Yeah, that... both, both Hawke's Bay and uh, Northland peaking towards the end of the season, whereas Auckland and Tasman both stumbling um, into the finals, really. It just yeah, yeah. seems a bit um, yeah. as to how yeah, they've got there. There's... Yeah, there's a there's a bit of that. I mean, it's so like Auckland, especially in their last three games, haven't haven't really really been been at their best. I know uh, <clears throat> Alama Iremia, Iremia and uh, Philo Tiatia sort of they, they mixed it up. They obviously rested a lot of players in the in the, in the Northland game, but <clears throat> just haven't seemed to capture it. But I'm pretty sure having somebody like Jack Whitten come, come coming back into the team will, will basically bring a little bit a bit more solidarity into the pack because I just thought there were times that uh, Auckland really lacked lacked some leadership um, in that in that Waikato game especially um, you know just getting players to do the right thing at, at at the right time quite frankly if I was Auckland if I was going to kick I would I would have kicked a little bit deeper and stuck a little bit more pressure on Waikato to play out of their 22 as opposed to you know Waikato can be a really loose sort of team to, they can score, and you saw one of their tries where they just sort of made something out of nothing, and it really came from an Auckland mistake. A tur- I think a turnover from one of the props, Jared Adams, and they just scored. And that was basically trying to move your ball <clears throat> in the own half. Hey, get them to play all the rugby. You've got the big physical pack. That's you know, the concern. Yeah. yeah. That's the concern I've got with Auckland for the final is that they've played two weeks of some dumb rugby, you know. They shouldn't have lost that game to Canterbury. They lost that game to Canterbury because they're trying to run the ball out of their own half after they've just managed to take the lead back again. It was dumb rugby. And by the sounds of it, because unfortunately, ironically, I didn't see the game on the weekend, it's just like, you know, again, dumb rugby. Play the game in the other team's half, you know. Mm. And it's like, you'll they'll kick it back. You'll get the opportunity to run it back so that you'll be in the half again by the time yep. you get tackled. So, you know, they Canterbury should be playing second division next year. But Auckland basically, in that last 10 minutes, the dumb stuff. And that's the fear yeah. that I have because that's never, you know, even with the success that Auckland have had this year, there's been every game, there has been periods of the time, and it just varied how much time it was, where they just went <clears> through <throat> this phase of doing dumb decisions. Paul, Paul, in the early 2000s, I think when Canterbury were winning multiple titles there, <clears throat> They didn't play a lot of rugby either. No. They, they, no. but they played a lot of they played a lot of field position, and they just basically put pressure on teams to play out of their half. So uh, maybe Eddie Jones has looked at that game plan from from many years ago as well. But you know that's Ashwin's dead right. If the if the contact area is so contestable at the moment, well, don't play the game in your own half. Don't play the game in your own half. 
No, yeah, I mean, like, if, you, if you're just saying, just going back to what Steve said about, um, you know, Canterbury and, and Crusaders, their success started when all they did was kick into the corners of the opposition, right? That's all they had, and waited for the opposition to make a mistake. That's all they did. That's where the success, basically, they built that platform. Obviously, they went on to do a bit more than that. But the early days, that's all they did, kick into the corners, wait for the opposition to make a mistake. Oh. Now, Aaron points out that we had Michael Jones, Aroni Clark, Gary Whitten, John Hart and Twanamanga in the in the crowd at um, Eden Park for the Auckland game, and it felt like that was pretty much the whole crowd. Um, it wasn't very big. <laughs> there we go. Um, Samsung greats there. Uh, just to wrap things up, we'll just touch very quickly on the um, women's uh, action from the weekend. Uh, the uh, Black Ferns oh. beat the uh, New Zealand Barbarians 19-17. Stephen, did you see any of that? Yeah, I, I did. I definitely saw the hacker at the beginning of the game, and boy, that was that was that was a standoff to beat all standoffs. I actually thought they were going to get a bit physical there, uh, getting getting Meow. in each other's faces. But I, but I suppose that the well, world rugby would not have allowed that to happen. Uh, and and no, a friend no, of yours, the, Chris Murray, <laughs> was leading it. She yeah, yeah, well, I see that. Yeah, she she was right in there. So you can take you can take the girl out of Napui, but you can't take Napui out of the girl. Um, <laughs> You know, um, interestingly enough, though, there must be some con concerns for the uh, Black Friends coach that the Barbarians team, uh, you know, which is probably the, the New Zealand B team, I suppose you could, only other way you could call it, is, is pushing this Black Fern team so hard. And I was really impressed with the uh, first five, the young first five for the Barbarians as well. She must be putting in some real big claims on that number 10 jersey. No, great, great to see. I mean, to say they've got the Rugby World Cup here next year. They need as much depth as they can get. Yeah, and I've gone blank as to oh, the, the Wellington prop um, who's been very loud on social media, but she, she put out a video. She's about to come to Yeah, basically, yeah. How can that, uh, basically, yeah, giving big shouts for the uh, the Barbarians, number 10, because, yeah, you say she young young girl doing really, really well um, there. Um, some good coaching there, um, experience. So for um, Rodney Gibbs out of uh, Bay of Plenty, who was running the Bay of Plenty um, women's team at the Farrah Palmer Cup, and also oh, I've gone blank as to the county's Manukau head coach, but those guys coaching the uh, New Zealand Barbarians. So good experience for them as well. And clearly they've done a good job with the girls there. Um, also, we had France, uh, England versus France, 25 to 23, England winning that one. Um, get out, of, Got out of jail there after England won last weekend, 10 to 33. So, uh, yeah, France came back well, but, um, yeah, I say England got out of jail with that one, with uh, a last-minute kick, I think it was. Um, thank you, Rach Arswin, for joining me. Uh, no worries. I, before we go, I just need to oh, ask sorry. Stephen. I hope, um, you, yeah, Stephen, you, you sort of just. I hope you're not muted there, and you can hear me there. But uh, uh, I hope you're not um, sort of adding to the New Zealand poverty uh, statistics, and you're living out of your car. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, you're on to me. <laughs> Hang on, I'm, I'm just going to finish my dishes up here. Hang on, just a moment. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the composite He was trying to. He was trying to. He was trying to rent a freedom camper, and, he got, and, and they've been banned now. So he's, he's not <laughs> <on it. laughs> oh dear me! Oh no, that's the end of my uh, opportunity yeah. to grab some sponsorship. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear! Thank you very much, guys, for um, for, for 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 joining us. And as Aaron, Aaron said, yeah, damn housing crisis. They tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, don't forget oh. we have um, uh, Scotland France uh, at 4am in the morning um, and we'll be back uh, with, from, with Rugby Chat on Tuesday evening 
with the uh, driving more show. I'm sure Boa will be there um, telling us how it, how the uh, All Blacks can bounce back and, and win by 100 points. Um, and, I'll, and, and I'll be and I'll be uh, coming from the phone box. And the, <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because you're Superman. Those glasses are great disguise. Um, the, <laughs> yeah. oh, we're, we're, we're professionals here. We're professionals. <laughs> yes, unfortunately, we're not professional radio hosts. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, and don't forget tomorrow night swinging from the hip. Um, hopefully, um, the, you might even have me hosting that one um, tomorrow evening. So, um, uh, so uh, 8 p.m. Um, for both of those evening shows, Monday and Tuesday nights. Uh, also, don't forget you can support the channel um, by heading over to patreon.com forward slash NZ Sport Radio uh, and become a patron, just like John did um, the uh, yesterday. Different John, not the John you're thinking, um, not John O'Connor. <laughs> different John, but, um, so thank you very much for his contribution uh, to helping to fund the show um, and the channel. Um, thank you, everybody, and have a great evening. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.